Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. It is such a great joy to be with you on this Friday as we initiate the holiday weekend. I want to wish you a really, really happy Independence Day. And what a perfect night to be able to talk about several, several Supreme Court victories just in these recent days as the Supreme Court is finishing out its term. They have once again handed us, and thank you, President Trump, for those three justices you put on the court. They have handed us tremendous victories for the good of America. Answered prayers in regard to two big things, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and what a great way to enter into the July 4th weekend when we're celebrating precisely those freedoms. We're going to give you this information tonight about what these decisions are. And uh, then we're going to take a break for the holiday. We'll be back with you on Wednesday, July the 5th for this evening program. Uh, But we're going to let you just uh, have that time with your family and friends and hopefully a lot of great celebrations for the very things, the very freedoms that we'll be discussing here tonight and how the court reaffirmed them. So um, let me begin with a passage here from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We read the following, starting in verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Let us pray. Father, we believe, and we thank you for the freedom to believe. We thank you for the freedom to think about you and about the world in the way we believe is best. We thank you for the freedom, furthermore, to express that thought in speech. Not only words with our lips, but our creative activity in the world, in your service and in service to your people. May our every action be infused with the gospel and the truth of Jesus Christ. And Lord, oh, may we always defend under our Constitution that right to think, to believe, and to speak, always free to serve you, the Lord of every nation. And we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, here it is, friends. I hope you all have your pocket version of the Constitution. If not, go online and get one. And uh, here it is, that First Amendment, that glorious expression of freedom. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech 
or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. The First Amendment to the Constitution, the greatest constitution in the world. Now, these rights are not just rooted in the Constitution. They're rooted in the Constitution precisely because they're rooted in human dignity. This is part of our, this is part of what makes us different from the pet animals that we might own or the, the, the materials like this table that we create. Those things are subject to us, but we as persons are free. We have an inherent human dignity. Nobody can take it away from us. And part of that human dignity, that basic human right, is to think what we want to think, to express it in speech and to act consistent so that our thoughts, our beliefs, our words, and our actions are all consistent. We have a right for them to be consistent, not just privately, but publicly, and for no person, for no government to try to break that consistency. Oh, you're free to think what you want, but you have to say this, or you can't say that. Or you're free to think it and to say it, but you have can't do this, or you have to do that. And fortunately, our Supreme Court I mean, for all the, the garbage that it has given us at different times and for all the problems uh, uh, morally that we have in America and, and, and the denials of the Constitution, you know what? We are making progress when it comes to rebuilding the walls. You know, a lot of stuff collapsed in the 60s and 70s. But mark my words, and when you study these things that are happening now, you'll see, and again, much of it, due to President Trump's three Supreme Court appointments, that this court is rebuilding so many of the walls and ramparts that were knocked down in the 60s and 70s, obliterating in many ways freedom of speech and religion. But it's coming back strong. Let's, let's, see, let's see what we're talking about. All right, we're going to get to the freedom of speech and religion cases in a moment. First, there were other victories too. Biden v. Nebraska... We talked about it on this program. Remember that student loan forgiveness scheme that Biden came up with? We talked to you on this program, and many other commentators did, that that was an overreach of executive power. You didn't have the authority to do that. Well, guess what? The Supreme Court just said the same thing. The heart of the case was whether the debt relief program that he put forward complies with federal law. Court said, no, it doesn't. The HEROES Act, as it's called, does give the Secretary of Education power to waive or modify laws and regulations governing student loan programs. But modify doesn't mean redefine. Modify doesn't mean reinvent a whole different uh, loan forgiveness program. That's what Biden was trying to do. And that's what now the court has said, no, no, this is not a modest adjustment. This is the secretary expanding forgiveness to nearly every borrower in the country. So uh, praise God for that. This is a reigning in of tyranny. You recognize what this is. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, there are matters far worse. But the fact that, that, that this, these Democrats, this Biden administration, think that they can constantly go farther than the law or the Constitution permit them to go, just another expression of the, the kind of tyrannical mindset that they have. Okay, case number two has to do with affirmative action. No doubt you've been looking at this and reading this and hearing about this. Students for Fair Admissions versus uh, President and Fellows of Harvard College and Students for Fair Admissions versus University of North Carolina. 
Here's the bottom line. This decision effectively ends, if not severely limits, the use of affirmative action in college admissions. Here's the bottom line. You admit, well, let me read the, 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 the words here. A student must be treated based on his or her experiences as an individual, not on the basis of race. One of the great things about this decision is that, you know, we we have got to get out right now of this web, this spider web that we seem to be caught in as a nation, or at least in, in its elite and left-wing uh, segments, of everything being looked at through the lens of race. That's not who we are. That's not who we should be. Especially as we approach this Independence Day and as we just celebrated Juneteenth, Enough with the lens of racism and everything. And when you are admitting people into a college based on some kind of quota that you think you have to have, we have to have X number of students of this race and Y number of students of this other race, and oh, we're not diverse enough. Well, then people get lost in the shuffle who are quite qualified and should be getting admitted to that college. But oh no, you've got to look at the the pigmentation in their skin or, or their genealogy, that's not right. That's actually racist itself. And, and we see this applied in a, arenas far beyond the specific focus of this case. We've seen it in the U.S. Senate, where the Biden administration is trying to nominate people for various positions, again, based on race. Oh, we got to have, you know, uh, equity and inclusion and diversity. Well, how about choosing somebody who's qualified for the job? Now, saying that does not in any way imply that qualification for the job is is more or less likely because a person is of a certain race. We're saying just the opposite. We're saying you base it on qualifications for the job, and in this context of this decision, you base it on qualifications for entry into the university or college, not on race. Nobody's saying that because someone is of a certain race, they're going to probably be less or more qualified. We're not saying that at all. We're saying, would you pay attention to the person and their qualifications? Thank God for this decision and for these wacko liberals on the court and and, and elsewhere in society. You know what? Go ahead. Spin around. Let your heads come off with, with, with rage. You don't know what you're talking about. You really don't. We don't need your racism in this country. Whether it's as outright racism, reverse racism, whatever kind of racism it is, we don't want it. So hopefully this will teach some of them maybe a little bit of a lesson. Or at least it'll enable us to tag them for it and to say, you see, this is exactly what the court just rejected. Okay, let's go on because there's two other big decisions. Now we're going to get into more into the realm here of uh, religious freedom. These decisions just came down uh, this week from the Supreme Court. This is really awesome. The justices now, this in this decision, Groff versus DeJoy came out yesterday. This has to do with a person who, uh, in their relationship with their employer, okay, is asking for an accommodation based on their religious beliefs. For example, and the issue at, at, at issue here in this case was, I, I don't want to work on Sunday. Sunday's the Lord's Day. It's a day dedicated to rest and worship. I don't, I don't want to work on Sunday. Then their employer was, was, uh, was requiring them to do so. What the court did here, was to strengthen the rights of the employee to receive that 
accommodation from their employer to practice their religion. I say strengthen because there comes a point the court acknowledged where, well, if the if the accommodation creates an undue hardship on the company, and this is where they strengthened it, it says it can't be a trivial hardship. It can't be simply be a burden. Obviously, there's going to be some burden that the company has to uh, 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 accept because that's what accommodation means. You're going to accommodate the person's religious uh, uh, freedom to let them, whether it's take certain time off or or uh, in some other way, reasonable way. Uh, of course, it's going to be some kind of a burden, but you can't say just because there's a burden. No, no, no. I sorry, can't let you do that. Company comes first. Well, at a certain point. The company has a right. I mean, otherwise, why did you hire the person? You got to get the job done. But only if it creates a really um, substantial, uh, for example, increased costs in relation to the conduct of uh, of the business. So, in other words, it said, don't don't infringe on the employees' religious rights just for for trivial reasons. So, this again, a victory for religious freedom. Now, the bulk of the time here, I want to spend on this one. I got the whole decision here. On this 303 Creative, it's called. It's the name of the company that brought this lawsuit up to all the way up to the Supreme Court versus Elanis. It's is out of Colorado. You know, I got to say, I was recently in Colorado again, but this I love the people of Colorado. Many of you are our supporters in Priests for Life, Pro-Life Movement, America First Movement, great people in Colorado. But as a state, as a government... Oh my gosh, you got to get your act together. I mean, this is a lot of garbage coming out of Colorado. And the good people in Colorado that are on our side, you know this better than I do. Okay, so this came out of Colorado. They've got this anti-discrimination act. Now, we don't believe in discrimination. We believe, as the court reaffirms, and as federal law says, if you own a restaurant, you can't say, oh, I'm not going to serve you because you're black. I'm not going to serve you because you're Asian. I'm not going to serve you because you're gay or transgender. Public accommodations, services offered to the people in the community need to be offered without discrimination. We we can all embrace that. That's part of what what America stands for, part of what the flag stands for. We are not in any way advocating for discrimination. The problem is... We've got a Democrat party that defines religious freedom and freedom of speech in many contexts as discrimination. Because they don't understand the faith. They don't want to understand the faith. They're anti-faith, anti-freedom, and anti-God. And so for a person to act in accordance with the scripture that we read tonight, I believed, therefore I spoke, for a person to act in such a way where they got to draw some boundary lines and say, wait a second, I don't agree with that. I believe in the Bible. I believe in the teachings of the church. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in a moral way of life. I'm not going to participate in this or that action because you're compelling me to violate my conscience. Now, you can argue this on the basis of freedom of religion. You can argue this on the basis of freedom of speech. This, this um, decision is dealing here with freedom of speech. What, 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 what was the issue? 
303 Creative, Lori Smith, this is a company that does uh, uh, online graphic design uh, business, okay, creates websites. And one of the things she wanted to do was to increase uh, 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 her services to include couples who were seeking wedding websites. Now, let's understand, again, based on what I was just saying about we're not in favor of discrimination, neither is she. She is willing and ready to create websites for any citizen, gay, lesbian, transgender. She's not discriminating against gays. She's not discriminating against blacks. She's not discriminating against anybody. However, if a wedding website is going to as if she is going to be required to use her creative expression, her creative talent, to endorse a form of marriage that she believes is not biblical, that is, the marriage between one man and one woman, there is no question that that's the teaching of the Bible, well then, she doesn't want to do that. But she doesn't want to... See, and the reason this is not discrimination against gay and lesbian couples, she doesn't want to violate any biblical truth. She's not going to use, and this is just this is me saying this, but it's in line with exactly what the point is here. She's not going to use her creative skills to create a, a website that denies the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. She's not, she doesn't want to use because that here's the point, and this is important for us to understand. The public service of creating a website, including a wedding website, is one thing. The freedom of speech is something else. And that's where this case turns. And it says, when you put your creative skills into a website, you're speaking. Even if it's combining with somebody else's speech, obviously your customer, they're speaking too. They're coming to you. They say, we want to create a website celebrating this or endorsing that or saying this is right or this is good. So your speech is kind of intersecting with their speech. But the fact that your speech is intersecting with theirs and the fact that it's in the context of providing them a, a, a public service doesn't take away your constitutional right. That's the point. And that's the point that the court affirmed here. If this woman doesn't believe in gay marriage, she shouldn't be compelled to say that it's good. Now, what do you mean, compelled to say that it's good? Well, because you're using your creative skills to create a website celebrating a gay marriage. Again, it doesn't mean, and, and we have to think this through, it doesn't mean that because the person is gay, I'm not going to serve them. These same people can come and 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 use her her graphic design services, but don't ask her to express herself or her business to express itself in favor of something that they believe is is unbiblical. Now, just because the government might disagree with somebody's speech, and this is the crux of the freedom of speech. Just because the government might think your particular viewpoint, remember, it starts in thinking and then it expresses itself in speech, and speech includes not only words that you're saying, but creative things that you're creating. Your right to speak doesn't go away just because the government thinks it's ridiculous. The government may indeed come down with a, with a position that says, 
the, exactly the opposite of what you believe, but they are still obliged to protect your right to believe it, your right to speak the way you want, and the freedom to speak and express yourself the way you want, whether it's in a sentence that you are saying or in a website that you're creating, also includes the right not to say what you don't want to say. The freedom of speech cuts both ways. You are free to refuse to say something that you don't want to say, therefore to express in creative activity something that you don't believe should be expressed. Now, the decision uses a couple of other examples. It goes back to some previous decisions where, for example, in Massachusetts, there was a case, the Hurley case, that agreed that the public accommodations statute, which is, again, you have to serve everybody, right? Anybody is welcome in the store, in the restaurant, etc. But this public accommodation statute that there was at issue in Massachusetts could not be used to force veterans to who were organizing a parade to include a group of gay, lesbian, and bisexual individuals. Why not? Because you're against gays, lesbians? No, 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 not because of that. But because the parade is organized to convey a message. It's organized to convey a particular message. So what they said is that they cannot be required to alter that message. That's the place where the freedom of speech comes in. Doesn't mean you hate these people. Doesn't even mean you don't want them to march in your parade. What it means is if you're going in there as a group conveying a message, you have to realize and respect the fact that the organizers of the parade have a message. That's why they're organizing the parade. And they have to have a right to express that message without somebody coming in and trying to change it. Likewise, uh, there was a Boy Scout case. And it said, the, the, what, is, what was at issue, this is Boy Scouts of America versus Dale, another court case that said that the Boy Scouts who sought to exclude an assistant scout, scoutmaster by the name of Dale from membership after learning he was gay, the court sided with the Boy Scouts and said, well, the, the group is an expressive association. In other words, they're forming the group in order to convey a message. That's part of freedom of speech. So they have to be free to speak in exactly the way they want and not to be forced to alter their message because somebody else wants to alter it. The First Amendment, let me just quote from the case and then we'll go back into prayer, illustrates the First Amendment protects an individual's right to speak his mind, regardless of whether the government considers his speech sensible and well-intentioned or deeply misguided and likely to cause anguish or incalculable grief. Generally, too, the government may not compel a person to speak its own preferred messages. I like also this quote from, the, uh, from another Supreme Court case. If there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it is the principle that the government may not interfere with an uninhibited marketplace of ideas. This applies also to the pro-life movement. For those of you that are with me in this full-time pro-life work or, or part-time, as the case may be, we're often facing this. With a very pro-abortion administration, they are often trying to compel our speech. And there have been other cases that have protected specifically pro-life speech under this same rubric 
They're always trying to get us, to force us into their pro-abortion mindset. Sorry, we have our beliefs. We're going to speak those beliefs, and that means the freedom not to speak your beliefs if we don't believe them. So wonderful victories this week in the Supreme Court. Thank you, President Trump, for those justices. And uh, we need more of these. The next presidential election and the election of the U.S. Senate is going to decide when people like Justice uh, Thomas have to retire. We're not looking forward to that day. Uh, but when some of these conservative justices begin to um, come to retirement, we've got to make sure we replace them with people who are of the same mindset about how the courts need to function. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these victories as we go into them. July 4th weekend, Lord, we just celebrate this freedom, this freedom of speech, this freedom not to be compelled to speak what we don't believe. We thank you for these other victories, Lord, reigning in, at least in some small way, a tyrannical government, a government that has just con constantly uh, been overstepping its, its bounds. Lord, please help us. Help us always. As President Reagan said, to realize that freedom is not passed on in the bloodstream, but we got to reaffirm and defend it in every generation. May our celebration of independence day increase our, 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 our commitment precisely to do that, to defend freedom, to teach it to our children, to express it in the voting booth, to elect people who believe in freedom and who believe in America. And now we pray in the words Jesus gave us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, friends. God bless you. Have a wonderful 4th of July. We'll be putting up information on this. Uh, next week at ProLifeVote.com, and you'll be able to uh, read this decision and see some other commentary, ProLifeVote.com. Thanks so much, Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here. Connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. That's FR Frank Pavone on all the major platforms, starting with Truth Social. Have hope you have your Truth Social account. Let's make that grow like, like wildfire. It has been growing like wildfire. Let's keep that up, friends because that is a key place to go, a key place to be in the world of social media. Happy 4th of July. We will talk to you on Wednesday, July the 5th. God bless. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.